This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hi, I'm Stephen Krasowski, Communications Manager at RMA. Today, I'm joined by Rob Edwards, Chief Risk Officer for United Community Bank, to discuss risks facing community banks and lessons learned during the pandemic, the low interest rate environment, and PPP. Rob, thanks for joining us. Uh, Thanks, Stephen. Glad to be with you today. So, Rob, what are the top three most pressing risks you feel the banks of similar size to United Community Bank are facing at this time, and how is the bank addressing these risks? Yeah, so for me, Stephen, I would say the three risks. I'm I'm always concerned about credit risk. I think that's one of the top risks uh, for any bank, any time, but especially now because of the economic uncertainty the excess liquidity in the market and the narrowing margins. And the combination of those three things uh, and certainly the economic uncertainty creates an interest and concern about credit risk. Secondly, I would say uh, information security is top of mind and, and one of the top three risks in my mind in our industry today. The recent solar winds events sort of highlight that, but for banks, there's just ongoing um, different avenues of information security that uh, we need to be very intentional about, and I'm, I'm con- continuously concerned about. And then lastly, I would say maybe it's an offshoot of information security, but I think more than ever before, banks are using vendors to catch up, uh, third parties to um, Uh, catch up and be relevant in the digital transition from the pandemic. And I think the management and oversight and thoughtfulness in how banks approach uh, third-party vendors is um, just an important risk that we need to be thinking about uh, in a very disciplined and uh, deliberate fashion. Uh, In terms of what we're doing about some of those risks, I think that was the second sort of what is the bank doing to address those concerns. Um, We have a very uh, disciplined and consistent, continuous portfolio monitoring uh, practice uh, that manages credit risk. Um, We've enhanced, I know we'll get to this question a little bit later, so I won't try and answer it all here, but certainly our how we approach the underwriting in the credit side and a credit by credit approach is uh, is very important. In terms of information security, in my mind, it's really about talent and tools. And, and it's about everybody being involved. One of our cultural attributes is continuous learning. And this is an area where uh, everybody plays a role. Everybody in the institution plays a role in, in um, teaching and educating and, and ensuring that people are Uh, being educated in the company about the risks of uh, uh, how people are trying to get into our systems and how they can and how we play a role in preventing that in in an employee by employee basis. And then also um, we have enhanced our board talent also. So it's not just about employees, but also at the board level. I think uh, we have done this and I think institutions need to be need to have uh, somebody that speaks, is up to date on the technology language and and what uh, is happening in the industry. 
uh, on this risk. And then really the, the vendor risk is, is very similar. We have uh, expanded our vendor risk program dramatically over the last year and continue to look at it. Uh, and I think a lot of folks used uh, their vendor risk group as a crossing guard than a traffic cop. So meaning uh, they just sort of help you answer the questions to check the regulatory box, but really the vendor risk group re- needs to really play a strong role in ensuring and understanding the risk tolerance uh, that the institution intends to have uh, and then execute on that risk tolerance. Uh, and we have uh, enhanced our process so that it touches different uh, sectors of the bank and that those sectors understand that they play a, an important role in uh, onboarding and accepting uh, vendor risk. So as we emerge from the pandemic, what are some of the lessons learned on managing risk, uh, your staff and customers? So lessons from the pandemic. Um, the importance of communication is got to be top of the list. You know, one of the things we did uh, right out of the gate is started talking. We, we had uh, a, a management meeting, a, a crisis team that we assembled, uh, 23 of our top uh, senior leaders across the company got together twice a week to say, hey, what's going on? What are you hearing? What are you experiencing? What are we doing? Here's, our, here's what we're talking about. And then each of those leaders Uh, I know this was true for me. I met with the leaders of the risk team uh, also twice a week. And so there were just kind of ensuring that there was communication. The last thing you want is somebody kind of just wondering, right? And so, and and the change, uh, the information flow was confusing and dynamic. And so um, you just, it, it changed. Uh, that frequently. And so in order to be sure that the communication was consistent, that people knew what was expected, um, you needed to communicate that many times. We were providing weekly updates with the board even. We created a, uh, a dashboard that was tracking all of the different, you remember the CARES Act came out and the PPP loans were uh, being um, requested and thought about. The deferrals, you know, everybody was, you know, deferral was the flavor of the day. And so there were just, there was a lot of things to talk about and employees were starting to get tested and branch operations were being impacted, you know, what, um, should we close the lobbies? And so there was just a lot of operational things and customer things at, uh, and communication was the key. Our culture here is that we want to provide uh, legendary customer service. So we've, run, we've won the uh, JD Power Customer Service Award six out of the last seven years in the Southeast. We're very proud of that. And uh, so we spent a lot of time thinking about and talking about how can we serve our customers. And so when, when we did deferrals, some of our uh, investors were like, you know, you've done more deferrals than other banks. And we saw that as a customer service uh, offering and uh, an indicator of how close we were to our customers. We did uh, PPP loans. We did over 10,000 PPP loans for our customers. So we, we learned the importance of frequent communication uh, and being close to your customers. And then I think um, maybe I would say we learned from the great recession that um, 
not to be afraid. And I think that's a great lesson that we carried with us into the pandemic. And I think you saw that from, um, you know, the Federal Reserve responded in a, a more appropriate, a faster disciplined approach from the Federal Reserve that was different than it was in the Great Recession. And I think that's because all of us learned from the Great Recession and, and responded in maybe a, um, a quicker fashion. So Rob, with interest rates currently so low, what is United Community Bank doing to move forward in such a low rate environment? Yeah, so interest rates are a problem. <laughs> Most, most banks our size are, you know, what, what they call spread institutions, right? We make money on the spread, and that's our primary driver of revenue and income. The other thing going on, I guess, maybe I should say there's really two things. One is the margin is low, as you mentioned, Stephen, but also uh, there's just a tremendous amount of liquidity in the market. We grew our deposits last year at a rate that's more than five times our normal annual growth rate, something that would happen in five years, not one year. So that's, a, that's another challenge, right? Because that's the liability side of the balance sheet. So number one, we've got to be sure that liquidity is put to good use, right? So if, you know, what are you doing with your liquidity and are you being responsible? And that's, that's one thing you have to do. And every Every basis point you gain on the use of that liquidity and how you've uh, deployed it, I think is you need to think about that as uh, incrementally valuable. We're trying to balance the interest expense, right? So everybody's lowering their uh, what they pay for deposits, uh, and there's some balance there between cost of deposits and valuing customers. That, at the end of the day, you know, one of our primary objectives is getting new customers. And so taking everybody's interest rate to zero doesn't, doesn't help us uh, get new customers and doesn't necessarily help us keep existing customers. And so we're trying to balance the cost of deposit uh, with um, keeping and, and gaining new customers. We are using floors. I think uh, most institutions are doing that. We're also doing that. We're looking for other ways to build fee business that is of customer value. Uh, so I know a lot of banks drive their fee business through um, overdraft fees, and that's not really what I'm talking about, more about maybe growing. We have a wealth business or trust business, those types of businesses where we're uh, you know, providing incremental financial value to customers. So Rob, banks' strategic agility was tested as they had to quickly pivot to serve customers while promoting a healthy and safe atmosphere in response to the pandemic. How has your bank's overall operations adapted given the past year's events with regard to customers, staff, and environment? And what are banks' experience with the first and second rounds of PPP, to your knowledge? I can only speak to our experience with PPP. So we, we went out and we built a portal for our customers to access us, right? One of the things that, that I think has happened is that the industry took a huge step forward on um, maybe technology, customers' um, acceptance of accessing finances through technology took a huge step forward, really out of necessity. Um, we built a portal for our customers to apply for PPP loans. We closed and funded 10,000 loans in about five weeks. And that's typically what we do in a year. And so, you know, we, we implemented um, uh, e-signature technology 
we implemented uh, automated funding. We didn't fund 10,000 accounts one by one. We funded them through a technology process. And we obtained the, you know, you got to get an SBA approval on each one. And there were a lot of stories uh, last year about, you know, how the, the SBA site wasn't working. We had employees literally working through the night, uh, obtaining SBA approval through um, what I'll call a semi-automated process. And so I'm proud of our employees. We're focused on the customer and providing the customer uh, a great service. And we, we did a year's worth of loans in five weeks and really, you know, sort of back to your your question around, you know, how does this change the overall bank? And I would say we, we've got to take that experience of funding a year's worth of loans in five weeks and deploy that to our normal day-to-day business, right? The question sort of lingers out there, how, if you can do that many loans in five weeks, why aren't you doing it? <laughs> And uh, certainly a big part of that answer is demand, but another part of it is um, we've, we've got to deploy that technology and creativity and uh, innovation into our ongoing business to, to really serve the customer and to be efficient as an institution. So, Rob, what does the new normal look like for United Community Bank at this time? Well, I think, you know, the new normal... Uh, if, if we're going to say, you know, sort of normal has changed and so now there's a new normal, I think the new normal is that um, many more customers have become very comfortable using um, technology to manage their finances. And maybe a year and a half ago, that was a specific age group that was comfortable with that, maybe it was the 20-somethings, but I think today it has uh, grown tremendously. And of course, we've seen that in our online application adoption and um, you know, just in other uh, places, whether it's uh, remote deposit capture, you know, people taking pictures of their checks with their online app. But there, there's a shift that's happening, and and um, you know, like I was talking about with PPP, we we've, we've got to use e-signature capability. Customers are now expected; they know you can do it, and so now you've got to build that technology into you know the quote-unquote normal business. I think you know people realized that we have the ability to deliver e-signature capability. They don't have to come to the branch to sign up documents. So um, we've got to work through building those capabilities that we delivered in PPP as a part of our new normal operating environment. So Rob, what changes, if any, have you made to your risk appetite policies and practices? And what are some of the issues that you're hearing banks face as they assess credit worthiness of commercial borrowers in the immediate future? In a case-by-case basis, there are some borrowers who have been really creative, innovative in how they have uh, demonstrated the ability to pivot is uh, the word I'll use. So maybe you were making uniforms and instead of making uniforms now, maybe you can make masks. And there are companies that have, have made a transition and said, I, can, I, I have all the equipment to do X, um, but it also works for Y and there's a high demand for Y, whatever that is now, and I'm going to pivot and do that with my business. 
And we've seen companies react and really been, in some cases, more successful than they were before the pandemic because of how they reacted to the new reality of the situation. And, and that's really what we have built into our underwriting processes is um, there's, we basically have a, a COVID sheet that gets added to the underwriting package that says, how has the customer responded to COVID? How has it impacted their industry and their specific business? You know, it, you, you might have a customer that would say, um, you know, he's, he's a, maybe it's a commercial contractor that builds office buildings. And uh, your, your uh, commercial relationship manager goes out, talks to the customer and says, well, look, I'm having the best year ever. I got 10 buildings underway and, you know, I'm going to build 10 more buildings next year. And, and you know, you kind of got to scratch your head on that about how many people are building new office buildings next year. So there's different reactions to the new reality of the situation. And it's, it's as basic as ensuring that your teams are um, thinking about and, and uh, dealing with the new reality and how their borrowers have changed their business model or how effective their business model is in the new environment. So Rob, as you know, responsible growth is critical to all banks. What are the top three things you see a relationship manager can do to quickly assess the condition of a new potential borrower? I mean, I think you have to be, you know, it goes back to communication. We have to be meeting with our, um, with our customers. And um, that's a huge part of customer service. And, and we believe we do that well. And, and, and by meeting, I don't mean necessarily it, it has to be in person, but there has to be communication with the borrowers. And that communication has to make its way into the corporate knowledge of the customer. So, um, and, and to me, I know you asked for three things. I, I maybe so maybe the first thing is communication, but then the second thing is we have to understand the impact of the changing environment on the business. Uh, and then number two, we have to understand how the borrower has changed their strategy. Maybe their strategy didn't need to change, but my sense is a lot of businesses changed their strategy because of the pandemic. And we need to understand that and understand what the results of that change are. What would you like your lending and credit staff to gain from their first downturn? One thing I think a lot of people have learned, I think they have learned at least, is the value of managing concentrations. You know, if you look back over the last 20 years and you can you can study the um volatility of specific industries and specific products. And if you set your concentration limits based on those volatilities, even if you don't use a lot of science and you just set it intuitively based on what you know, I think we're now seeing the value of managing those limits that the time we spent over the last eight years managing concentration limits by product and industry, which is something we do, I think everybody's kind of nodding their head now that was valuable. Uh, and there's an appreciation that's been developed for that. Um, the second thing I think is the importance of staying in touch with the customer. And, and I've talked about that a lot, but I think that's, that is just a critical element of uh, something we learn here. I think um, uh, the PPP, one of the, I talked about how, you know, we did 10,000 uh, PPP loans for different borrowers and the fact that we were responsive and informative and communicative in that process. We held webinars with customers 
um, the, the value of the communication of the customer um, from, from our top executive leadership all the way down to uh, the commercial relationship manager, the person that's you know, boots on the ground, dealing with the customer, I think is, is valuable. But all of those PPP loans we've done provided us, we're, we're seeing loan opportunities um, because we had, we took that opportunity to prove uh, how we communicated with our customers and how we served our customers. And I think um, the importance of that uh, staying in touch and communicating with the customer, I think will be a valuable lesson for us. And then lastly, I would say the importance of being focused on reality. One of our, one of our cultural uh, attributes is uh, reality focused, right? We, we don't get to make up the situation. You know, you, we didn't go home and say, gee, this pandemic is awful. I wish it wasn't happening. Maybe it'll just go away. I think there were a lot of people who are like, well, this is going to go away and everything's going to go back to normal. And I, I don't think we knew, we certainly didn't know it was going to last this long. And I don't think we know how long the impact are, are going to last. And, and I'm proud of our team and hope they sort of take away the value of the cultural attribute that we spent a lot of time talking about. And that is uh, focused on, on reality. What, what is, is you don't get to make it up. You gotta, you gotta see what it is and, and deal with it. And I think, um, um, I think the importance of that is, is something we can learn from um, this past year's experience. So Rob, to wrap up, in what cases can and should banks proactively reach out to customers during an event like this to see how they can offer assistance? Yeah. And has the bank had any issues with keeping communication channels open during the crisis? Um, so, so we've had um, we've had some big uh, customer uh, meetings where we've had thousands of customers online, and that is um, the first time that people are using uh, the various uh, software applications and uh, internet uh, protocols for those types of things. And so we we learned from that certainly. Um, but, you know, um, just, just attempting to stay in touch with our customers in such a deliberate way um, really has proved very valuable, I think, in developing loyalty with our customers. And so that's not really your question, but your question is when, and my answer is all the time. Uh, like you cannot underestimate the value of communicating with your customer. Everybody, you know, so, so the environment went from something we felt was fairly predictable to something that was labeled as highly uncertain. Economically, that, that level of uncertainty um, brought, brought a lot of fear to the market. And by just communicating with your customer, you demonstrate some level of predictability. Hey, we're here and we're going to be here and, and uh, let's Let's talk about what, what we do together. And it's critical, it's necessary, it's valuable, and, and uh, it builds loyalty, and it's the right way to service your customer. Rob, great discussion. Thanks again for joining us today. Thank you, Stephen.